Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I answer a question from a listener about wanting treats and craving certain foods when you're premenstrual and talk about what you can do about it. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. How's your day going today? Are any of you feeling premenstrual? If you are, you are not alone. of the Australian population are women and have probably felt premenstrual at some point or another in their lives. It's something that all of us ladies can relate to. And I'm excited to talk about this today in another Ask Me Anything episode. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Kate Freeman. I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And just general fact about me is that I get like PMS, some kind of feeling that my my period is coming that week before, super grumpy or teary. I tend to go like one of those ways or I can be both. Let's be honest. I get sore boobs, a little bit bloated, maybe get a couple of pimples, definitely can feel the onset of my period. But I have to say it can change from month to month and sometimes my symptoms are really minor and other times they're quite pronounced. I also wonder if it's got to do with my stress levels and how it changes, but I haven't really sort of documented it, right? I can can just anecdotally sort of think about how my body reacts from month to month, but certainly the luteal monster arises the luteal phase being that phase before your period is going to come. I call it the luteal monster. And the luteal monster, it needs placating. We need to keep it happy. Um, It generally wants treats. But if you would have a question that you'd love me to answer on the show, like today in the Ask Me Anything episode, all you have to do is find me on Facebook, Kate Freeman Nutrition, or Instagram, at KF Nutrition, Go to private message me or direct message me, tap the microphone button and just record your 60 second question and I will answer it on the show. So here is today's question. Hi Kate, Amber here. I have a question for you in regards to food and menstrual cycles. A couple of days out from my period, I get a noticeable increase in my appetite and I start craving all the bad foods that I'm usually pretty good at eating in moderation or avoiding altogether. Really love some advice on how to balance this. Thanks. Bye. Amazing question, Amber. So what do we do about that increase in appetite with the few days leading up to your period. Well, Amber, you are not alone. In fact, it is a documented part of premenstrual syndrome. And in fact, studies actually have shown that the metabolism in terms of the amount of energy that the body is burning in a day can actually increase by up to 500 calories a day during the luteal phase of your cycle. So that we know that there's an increase in energy needs during that time, which may be one way 
um, or one theory that explains the increase in appetite. But I want to talk a little bit deeper about this and I've linked to a study in the show notes on premenstrual symptoms and, um, and how it affects your appetite. And what this study is looking at is it's looking at the changes in nutrient intake. So in particular, total energy and then macronutrients, so carbs, fats, and proteins during the menstrual cycle of overweight women who have PMS. So they're specifically looking at women who actually have premenstrual syndrome. um, And these women are overweight as well. And they're just looking at how their energy intake and then macronutrient intake changes as the menstrual cycle changes. So I found this super fascinating. So have a read if you want to. The link to that is in the show notes. But let's just sort of define premenstrual syndrome to start with. So PMS is a group of symptoms of varying degrees of severity, which occurs during the late luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. So that late luteal phase being, you know, that week leading up to the start of bleeding. Um, Isn't that crazy? I'd like to sometimes just be super honest about these things in terms of saying what was really happening. I remember actually just side note, I got my period while we were out and about and I was fully unprepared. And so I said to Brad, I was like, can we just pull over at the supermarket so I can run in and just grab some sanitary napkins? And so he did, bless him. And so anyway, my kids didn't know about periods at this point. I think my daughter did actually, but not my son. And so I come back and anything, and my son's like, what'd you get from the shops, mum? And I was like, oh, just some things for me that I needed. And he really pushed, he's like, but what was it? And I was like, sanitary napkins. And he was like, what are they for? And I was just like, I've got my period. And he was like, what does that mean? And I was like, I'm bleeding out my vagina. And he just was like, what? And then he didn't ask me any more questions after that. So Anyway, I think I freaked him out. He does now know what all of this is after his puberty lessons. But anyway, there you go. I digress. So the late luteal phase is the week leading up to your period starting. And basically these group of symptoms are characterized by what we call somatic, appetitive and behavioral changes. So essentially these symptoms occur in the week prior to menstruation. They cease around the first few days with the onset of your period. Um, and basically women have report increases in appetite and a change in their psychological outlook, so their mood. And it's interesting, there's actually studies that show um, that women have also been reported to have more accidents, suicide attempts and psychiatric admissions premenstrually, which is so fascinating. So the, pre- the changes in that week leading up to your period can change your mood quite dramatically for some people. And so this study, like I said, is looking at the energy and macronutrient intake over the menstrual cycle in women who have PMS. But there, the studies that look at the energy and macronutrient intake in women without PMS, so just generally what happens in that premenstrual phase, um, are inconsistent, meaning that there's conflicting evidence However, the majority of them do find that women eat more in the luteal phase. So Amber, you're not alone in wanting to eat more. It happens in women who both have PMS and don't have PMS. And most of the studies suggest that there are some studies that show that they don't, but the majority of them do. So 
basically this paper is just reporting actually on some basically some energy and macronutrient data that was obtained during another study. So they were running a double blind placebo controlled study on overweight women with PMS. And so part of that study involved gathering energy and macronutrient data. So this paper is just written specifically looking at this data um, that they collected. So the data here support a small number of other reports found in the literature that basically that women of normal weight with PMS, um, where there are increases in both energy and carbohydrate intakes during the premenstrual phase. So this study supports that same finding that there is an increase in both energy and carbohydrate intake um, in the week leading up to your period. The interesting thing is, is that the study also showed a significant increase in both protein and fat as well. So it's not just carbohydrates that we crave. It's also just protein and fat we, is increased as well. The other things that the study looked at, which I found super fascinating, is that for all the food categories, except for milk, vegetables and fruit, there was a significantly greater intake of energy from all the food groups in the premenstrual phase, except for milk, vegetables and fruit. So basically premenstrually, you're not like, oh, I want more vegetables or I want more fruit or I want more milk. You don't want any of those things. You just want more of everything else, which I thought that's really interesting. And so then when analyzed in terms of the percentage that each of the food groups contributed to total energy intake, the cake and dessert group and the high sugar foods group contributed a higher percentage in the premenstrual phase, while the other groups either contributed more post-menstrually or there was little difference between the two phases. So that's interesting as well. So we wanted not only more energy um, and more carbs, fats and proteins, but specifically cake and dessert and high sugar foods. So again, Amber, you are not alone in wanting to eat the more delicious foods. So these findings show that there's essentially a preference for sweet, high carbohydrate and high fat foods in women with PMS. And that that's just, it's, there's supporting other studies of women with PMS that there's an increase in appetite and food intake. And so it's not just that the women want more carbohydrate, but rather they're desiring more pleasant tasting, sweet, high fat foods as well. So I think it's not just about carbs. And if you think about, you know, food like biscuits and cakes and ice cream, they're not just sugar, they're fat as well. And I actually think it's the combination of sugar and fat together that makes something really yummy. Sugar on its own, eh, fat on its own, meh. Sugar and fat, woo, amazing. So one of the main hypotheses for increased food intake in women with PMS is that these women have low brain serotonin levels in the premenstrual phase. So I talked about right at the beginning the fact that studies have shown that there's an increase in metabolism, so energy expenditure in the luteal phase, but they've actually also found that serotonin levels are low in the brain during the premenstrual phase, that luteal phase as well. And we know that carbohydrate consumption can influence brain serotonin levels by increasing the ratio of tryptophan. So tryptophan is the precursor of serotonin 
sorry, the ratio of tryptophan to large amino acids. And tryptophan is the precursor of serotonin. It competes with large amino acids for entry into the brain. And so both animal and human studies show that low levels of brain serotonin may play a role in PMS um, and thus in, you know, increasing carbohydrate intake during that time. So measurement of total blood serotonin, which is actually believed to be a reflection of brain serotonin levels, during the last 10 days of the menstrual cycle was found to be lower in women who had PMS, so the premenstrual syndrome, compared to controls, so women who didn't have PMS. So that's really interesting too. And so the data from this study that we looked at shows or provides evidence that there is a premenstrual increase in energy and nutrient intake in overweight women with PMS symptoms, that there's a preference for sweet foods that are high in carbs, fats, and also contain some protein, and that it supports the literature that it's not in particular a carbohydrate protein, but it's just a yummy food craving, which is super interesting as well. And that that potentially it's serotonin that may play a role in this, this craving and you know, and more broadly PMS symptoms, et cetera. And I guess it's just interesting to know that this can then affect, you know, your food choices. And particularly if you're wanting to lose weight, it can greatly affect your consistency in this way. So look, there are a number of ways you can tackle this. You know, I've just chatted for the last 14 minutes on the reasons why and some theories, right, and looking at some science, but it hasn't really provided you with anything helpful apart from you just being like, oh, I'm not alone. This happens to other women as well and it's potentially a little bit out of my control. And, I mean, I reckon it is. But I think in terms of kind of managing it is awareness is a wonderful thing. I think when you know that there's, you know, particular barriers or challenges that you can't control in your life, it means that you can then focus your efforts on the things that you can control and and focus there instead. So when it comes to food choice, premenstrually or not, there are a number of things that can be helpful and I just want to cover those really quickly. Firstly is pre-deciding. And so if you know that you're going to be premenstrual coming up, you know, if you maybe you're tracking it in an app, I do, I track my periods. I've been tracking my period in an app for 10 years. What 10 years of period data. Anyway, I digress. But thinking about how you might handle that and it might be worth just maybe picking something really yummy and your favourite, buying that and having that in the house ready. So giving yourself permission to have the treat. But it's make it something that you really want rather than just mindlessly eating anything because you're desperate for anything, you know, and then not really enjoying it. So pre-decide something, you know, um, have it ready and available. Knowing that maybe your energy needs are increased is also planning your food and pre-deciding like things like snacks and having things like that available will mean that you can satisfy your appetite and your hunger without, you know, just having those moments where you're just like, ah, eat whatever. I think another thing is being, is practicing some mindful eating. So in my online program, in the snacking module, I do a mindful eating meditation called a mindful bite, which is just teaching you how to really slowly savor your food and get the most out of it and really, really enjoy it. I think that's vital when 
you're wanting to eat something when you're premenstrual. So whatever it is, that delicious food that you've chosen to eat, eat it slowly, enjoy every mouthful, try not to eat it while you're distracted doing other things, focus on it, concentrate on it. And that way you're going to enjoy it and get the pleasure out of it that you're wanting without actually over having to overconsume it or feeling like you're out of control with it. Mindful eating is a really, really great tool. Another thing you can do is just control your environment a little bit better and in particular your food environment. What foods have you got available to you? What meals have you got planned? If you find that you're wanting to snack excessively or overeat particular foods during that phase, maybe if you can try not to keep them in your house and just have a few of your really nice favorite things there pre-portioned out that you can mindfully eat when you are you know, feeling like you want to do that. So it's definitely important to give yourself permission to eat what you want. But if you find yourself eating something purely because it's there and for no other reason, then try and make it not there so that, you know, out of sight, out of mind. The last thing is other things that just help manage your appetite, like staying hydrated, making sure you're eating plenty of vegetables at your meals, choosing high fiber carbohydrates, sufficient protein. I've talked lots about these topics in other podcast episodes, so definitely check that out. But at the end of the day, know that you are absolutely normal if you do have PMS for wanting to eat more. And even if you don't have PMS, wanting to eat more and craving particularly yummy foods before your period is due is absolutely normal. So knowing that, now you can just start to make some some choices around your food that you feel comfortable with, but still make you feel like you're having something yummy to eat. So for all the premenstrual ladies out there this week, hang in there, babe. You'll get there. You will bleed soon and it will be okay. Catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.